Maybe you could fly a jet. Maybe you could be a vet. A famous line from a Dr. Seuss children's book. Hello, hello, it is Lara Pareka. How the heck are you? Let's talk about your ambition for your contributions and your creations. Everybody has talents and ambitions. What are yours? Do you have something that you would love to create or contribute to your career, to just mankind in general, to your grandchildren, to someone or something? What would you like to do that you haven't been doing? You've been putting it on the back burner. For me, it's writing. That's right. I've got more books inside of me and maybe you do too. For me, I'd like to put them on Amazon and I shall. I've already been giving them away and selling them, but there's something special about being an Amazon author, let alone a best-selling author, but don't get wrapped up in the ego. Don't make it about uh, being a puffed up penguin. <laughs> make it more about what feels good to create, what feels good for you to contribute. If I had more time, the things that I would love to create and contribute outside of work, because we already talked about work, for me that would be more books. Outside of work, painting, singing, something to do with nature, and a cooking show. That's right. Anybody and everybody can create a YouTube channel for free and can, can upload videos as long as you have a smartphone and can make videos. Why not share your talents with the world? If they're really good, you just might get a following. For me, I discovered I was an artist in my 50s. I had a speaker friend, as I'm a speaker, what well, we call each other speaker friends. I had a speaker friend, a colleague, who decided to teach painting lessons. And I thought, oh, what the heck, I'll sign up and take a few. And lo and behold, I've created some masterpieces with acrylic. Who knew? I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm an artist. She said to me, of course, honey, when you were five and six and seven years old, you used to draw all the time. So she knew I was an artist, but apparently I did not. What have you forgotten that you're good at? Are you good at painting or drawing or playing the guitar or the piano or singing or coming up with little choreographed dances? What did you do as a child that you loved and enjoyed? And is that something you might want to reconsider now as a creation or a contribution? I've always been uh, a singer. I remember being about Oh, six or seven years old, sitting in the backseat of the car with my cousins. We're singing along to the radio. And the gentleman in the front seat with my mom and my aunt said, Whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? Someone is really carrying a tune, doing such a good job. And of course, it was me. <laughs> but those little words in the background of my mind saying, Wow, I guess I can sing, were the first bit of confidence that I got, the first bit of validation that I got saying, yeah, you can sing. And of course, in school, even as young as third grade, they picked me out and plopped me right in the front to sing at the little spring flings and the little fairs and the little um, music talent shows that they've had, that they always have in schools in America anyway. And so, yes, I did know that I could sing and I did use that in my adult life. As a matter of fact, hashtag acapella speaker, I still sing when I'm uh, speaking on stage. Uh, I have this gift of coming up with a line from a song to fit any conversation. And so that's something I do that kind of sets me apart and makes me different. People enjoy it. What can you do? I bet 
there's something you already do that is unique about you and makes you feel like you're contributing. Well, let's see. What kind of things would you have to start doing in order to create and contribute what it is that you know you're good at and you want to do? Because things always get in the way. They do. So you're going to have to start doing something different. You're going to have to start doing something in preparation for that. So what could you do? For me and for most people that I work with, it is about making time. Now, we can't make time. <laughs> we all have the same amount of time. But if you learn to schedule and you learn to plan, and one of the things I teach is blocking your time. Turn off your phone, lock the door, turn off all buzzes and beeps and interruptions, and spend a few hours uninterrupted working on whatever it is you treasure and value. Now, you can say, I don't have time for that, but everyone has 24 hours a day, and you get to decide what you do with that time, so carve it out. I used to tell my college students that were learning English, you can practice your English while you're eating breakfast, you can practice while you're sitting on the bus, you can practice in so many occasions that you don't realize. If you have a job, you can practice on your break. Matter of fact, speaking English, you can practice that talking to colleagues if you're in America. So find the things that you'd need to start doing and start doing them. For me, not only making time, but also finding others who want to do the same things. For example, painting. It's more fun for me to paint with others. We get together, we all sit together, and we start painting. And there's something about the camaraderie, let alone helping you schedule your time. Have you ever joined a gym or a class, an aerobics class, where if you told a friend you would meet them there, or you told your friend, okay, we're going to go for a walk, I'll meet you, you're much more likely to do it than if you're going to do it alone. So that is actually a little technique. Find other people who want to do the same things as you, and you'll be more likely to do them. For me, I have a piano, and my daughter has grown and moved out, and so I've decided that when the music is on in the house, I'm going to go sit down at the piano and plunk along with whatever song is on the radio. I'm going to do that because that way, if I'm if I'm very good about it, doing it every single day, it's fun, I enjoy it, and I do have an ear for music, so it'll be one way that I can actually incorporate music into my day. What can you do? If, uh, if you want to start creating something for others, you can easily start on Facebook. There's such a thing as Facebook Live where you can create videos that all your friends can see live. That's a good way to get you interacting with others. I've um, suggested that for my students and clients who want to become better at speaking, public speaking, because it's practice. Practice in front of others really helps you to refine your skills when you have to actually do it. <laughs> so think of the things that you would have to start doing in order to get that creation, get that contribution started. Now, what are you doing now that might be interfering with your ability to do something that would be creative? Maybe you're wasting too much time in front of the TV. Maybe you're spending too much time chatting with the neighbors in a gossipy, unproductive way. Maybe if you took a look at the things you are doing with your time, you could find some time. See, oftentimes we're, we think we can't do these new things because we don't have time. But the truth is, you're doing other things that it's really better for you to stop doing so that you can do the things you love. What's the biggest thing you can create in the next 12 months?
Mm. If you just look at the next year, what could you do? What could you create? For me, it's another book. Actually, I need to finish two books I'm in the middle of. What could you do? You should write it down. If you write it down, you're more likely to accomplish it because I think you're telling the universe that it's something you want to do. I've told this story many times, but you probably haven't heard it. I was living in Boulder City, a little satellite town outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, USA, and it was a quiet little bedroom town, and I had made a list of my goals for the next five to ten years, and I had written down everything I wanted to accomplish, and then I had written down who might help me with that, and then I had written down what kind of um, challenges could come along to interfere with that, and then I wrote down what I would do to handle those challenges if they came along, and then who would be my accountability partner uh, to make sure that I was true to my word and got these things done. Then I stuck that piece of paper in a drawer and forgot about it. A couple years later, I'm moving. I'm moving because I had gotten married, and I'm moving, and I pull it out of the drawer and say, oh yes, let's look at this. I open it up, and lo and behold, everything on the list that I said that I was going to accomplish, I had accomplished except one thing. There was one thing on the list. It was that I wanted to have a swimming pool in my backyard to exercise because I love to swim. I must have been a fish in my last life. <laughs> I love the water, and guess what? We were moving to a house with a swimming pool. Now, I tell you this to show you the strength of writing it down. Most people will tell you, write your goals every single day, look at them every day, and I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, even if you write it down and stick it in a drawer, it's likely to come true, more so than if you don't. <laughs> so take that uh, and put that in your hat. What's the biggest thing you could do that would help you get ready for a contribution you could do in the next two years? You know, let's stretch it out a little further. And I often teach people, bam, the backwards assessment model. And what this is, is you start from where you want to get and you work backwards. So let's practice it right now with the two-year goal. Let's say your two-year goal is to start writing children's books. Now, I, I've written one children's book but I never really published it. I made it into a big book for some kindergarten teachers in their classrooms, but I never actually made any money off of it or sold it and changed millions of lives because millions of people have not gotten a chance to see it yet. So let's say I say in the next two years, my goal is to get started on the rest of my children's books and get that one published. What would I need to do in, to get that rolling, to get it started, to get going on that? Well... Let's work backwards, let's do BAM. In two years, I've got books published. They're on Amazon, people's buying them. That means in a year and a half, I would have to already have had at least some children's books, at least one, up and ready and going and on, on Amazon being sold around the world, which would mean that a year from now, I would have to have not only um, published the one that I've already written, but I would also have started on several others. You know, Dr. Seuss, when he writes children's books, there's usually only about 80 words, maybe 88 words in the book, but it took him thousands of words to write those 88 words. Why? 
because he wrote many words, crossed them out, changed it, made it sound better. He starts out, revises, edits, changes it again, revises it again, makes it sound better, moves this around, deletes. I always tell people, delete, delete, delete. You do not need a gazillion words to say something. Be brief, brevity, clarity, accuracy. Uh, I said I'm in backwards order, but ABC, accuracy, brevity, clarity. So, because I know that I'll need to write a lot to come up with some good books, find an, uh, an illustrator or two or three or a publishing company that has their own illustrators, I've got a lot of work to do. But do you see how it's easier if you go backwards? Backwards assessment model. Bam! Start with where you are going to end up and work your way back. What do you have to be done? All the way back to, well then, with all that said, what would I have to do next month? <laughs> and for me, it's get the one I've already done published. All right, one more thing before we go, and that is, if you finished your life and you had created these things, you had contributed these things, then you would be happy, right? So what are those things? Let's, now that you've had a chance to think about them, what would you have to do so that at the end of your life you could say, ah, I've accomplished it. What is it? For me, it's in a, being an esteemed author. I'm already an author, speaker, and coach. I already help people live their best lives now, but what if I helped more? What if I had those children's books written and published and being read around the world to children? What is it for you? When you are ready to say goodbye, what do you want to have accomplished? And remember, if you write it down, you're much more likely to accomplish it. If you like this episode, check out some of the others. They will help you stay strong, my friend. Until next time.